With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time to talk the Ashes. Australia 2-0 now, and... The simple question is, what can England do? To talk about this is Jeff Lawson. He was once the spearhead of the Australian cricket attack. He, the lad from Wagga was a quick, but man, he was quick. Once man of the series in the Ashes, also taking a seven for in the Ashes. So he knows what it takes to grind the English down. Are they going to be ground down and go 5-0, and oh, Jeff? Well, there were signs of a flicker of an ember of life yesterday <laughs> because they, uh, they made Australia fight hard for the for the, the final day wickets after Joe Reed got out the last ball of the fourth evening and uh, you know Josh Butler wrote his luck he, he could have had a pair and uh, he nicked one probably the only error Australia made in the field and they let the ball go between uh, the keeper and first slip and Butler batted on for another 200 balls and made it really tough for the Australians and the game got into the last session so that would give England some hope that the they can resist the Australian bowling. Of course, the Australian bowling without Hazelwood and Pat Cummins. Hazelwood for injury, coming through that uh, casual contact of a COVID-positive mm. person. So they will be probably back for the next season. That's not good news for, for England. But, uh, yeah, 2 nil down, you know, 275 run loss. So that's nine wickets in the first test, 275 runs. That's two very big losses. And uh, England, uh, yeah... They could come back a little bit, but gee, it's hard to see they're not uh, losing this far. Is it? Does it stagger you that they come out after this this second defeat and say, "Oh, we've got our selections wrong"? I mean, do you think there's something inherently wrong with that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, first test, you're not playing Broad and Anderson, and it's at, at Brisbane. It, it's been uh, quite rainy up there, so you expect the pitch is going to do something early on, um, and they leave out the, their best two. Fast old ever out of the attack, and they say they get it wrong. Um, yeah, that, that's a little bit mystifying. Uh, they deserve to go one nil down in Brisbane after picking that sort of side, and and then when they look at the pitch in Adelaide, and you know it's one of those drop in pitches they have now. They play AFL there during the winter. They're drop in pitches, uh, and they tend to, to spin a little bit more. And Nathan Lyon was turning the ball big time, and of course England's front line front line spinner was Joe Root. Rather, I know Leach got hammered in the first test, but that was at Brisbane when it wasn't spinning, and it could have been a real handful in Adelaide. So they are they are getting their their balance and their selections wrong. They left Wood out as, as well. I mean, he's their fastest bowler. Yeah, they're, they're not getting the, the selection table meeting. It must be very interesting. So, so if you were to look at that that England campaign so far as, as a whole, what has been the most disappointing aspect aside from the selections? Is it their batting or their bowling? Uh, well, naturally, it's a little bit of both. Uh, yeah, they, they bowled decently up in Brisbane, I thought. Um, you know, Oliver Robinson's quite a good bowler. Would, they, would bowl well and, 
and was dropped for the next test. You know, Stokes is obviously not fully fit. You know, you see him battle away, and then he's a real warrior the way he continues to, to come in and bowl on that bad knee, and so he's not at 100%, so that's not going all the way, and I've just mentioned the, the, the leech conundrum, mm-hmm. as it was. Uh, and of course, not make enough runs. But but let's go to the first innings in Adelaide. They dropped seven catches, um, and they were all very expensive drops. So instead of Australia getting four seventy, maybe they get three hundred, and you get a totally different test match. So, um, for some that up a little bit of everything. Do you think Australia are now inside their head? Oh, you, you, you'd like to think so. Well, as Australian, you'd like to think so, but they probably are. Um, even Root, slightly injured last couple of days in Adelaide, looked to struggle, and he's, he's their best player. And as a captain, his body language has been, been pretty poor. And so, you know, he's got to lead and pull them out of the, the mire that they're in. And if that's in Root's head, it's not going to help the rest of the team. So the Australians, of course, yeah, they're, they're fully confident, they're buoyant. They weren't playing their, their best side in Adelaide, but the reserves in... Um, Jai Richardson and, and Michael Messer were pretty good. So the Aussies would be feeling uh, you know, 10 foot high and bulletproof at the moment. Yeah, and I, this is what I, where I want to go with you because I want to know how impressed you've been with the composure of this Australian team. You know, they, they had the Tim Payne situation, Hazelwood, Cummins. They've had a lot thrown at them and then not a lot has been made of that, but they've looked unfazed. Yeah, well, first of the first test, obviously, Pat Cummins kept his... Uh, initial test match, uh, and he did a very good job. He bowled superbly. He's the number one ranked test bowler in the world. He bowled like it, and he, he captained well, and that seemed to go to plan. Uh, and then the, the, late the night before, Paul out after being in the wrong place in a, in a restaurant, and then Smith having to fill in as the standing captain, and well, mind you, he's, you know, he's captain you know, 40 mm-hmm. test matches, so he knows what he's doing. So that's, that, that's fortunate bad luck, if you want to put it that way. Um, but the Australians will look, look calm, even from the first morning uh, up in Brisbane, uh, where you know, Joe Root won the toss and, and decided to bat. I think Australia would have bowled up there and, and uh, you know, they had wickets early. Both innings, all four innings so far in this series, they've got early wickets. They've been on top, they've dominated, so uh, uh, they'd be you know, quite happy with, with how they're conducting their game. But, but but the composure when you're throwing this, that says a lot about the mentality. How much does it say about the coaching? Well, that, that's a, a very interesting question because there's a great deal of turmoil about the coaching. Uh, first of all, in the, the T20 World Cup and Australia won there. Um, well, I'm led to believe that Pat Cowens has taken much more of a, a, a lead role in what happens in the team. This time last year after the Brisbane Test, um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of publicity about how Justin Lang had been micromanaging every aspect of the game, and there was a big reaction against how Lang was conducting that that sort of coaching. And instead of letting his senior players, and he's got some good senior players there, let them do what they have to do through their experience in the game. So I I got a feeling that Pat Cummins is. Uh, taking a step sideways and said, look, look, Justin, just let us run this. We've, you know, we've got one of the best attacks in the world. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, some senior batting. Steve Smith's back as vice-captain. Uh, and uh, I'll use my senior players much more than I'll use the coaching staff. And that, that, that's the word coming out of the camp. Is that the way it used to be in your day? Well, we didn't have 14 people sitting in the dressing room on the coaching staff. 
Yeah, you might have had one coach. Early in the early days, you didn't have any coaches, but you might have had one coach who helped conduct practice and you know gave a little bit of advice. But the captain really ran the show with the senior players. And, and look, one of those ways is not better than the other. I think it just works for, for different balances of teams and different individuals in, in different time frames. So it's whatever you've got, you've got to make it work. But, but certainly... The trend these days for all international cricket teams is to have a lot of background staff. And I, and I know England have got a terrific amount of them, and sometimes they just get in the way and they, they clutter up the thinking because they're, they're trying to offer too much. I want to know what the Ashes means to you. Oh, well, it's the biggest biggest cricket tournament we've got. I mean, we, as in Australia, I mean, I grew up in the the backyard playing Ashes Test matches. Um, that, that was the big opponent. Of course, you played England more than you, you played everybody else. And, and the world cricket landscape's changed a bit where we've got ongoing test programs, so you, you need to play everybody more often, and particularly play New Zealand more often, which is, which is a, a great thing. But, uh, yeah, the Ashes, you know, it goes back to the 19th century. It, it's got real feeling to it. It's, uh, you know, it's about anti-colonialism. And, you know, it's about... <laughs> Proving you're you're better, and I'm I'm sure a bit when when New Zealand play England, it might be a little bit the same. We, we, do you remember your first Ashes Test and, and that feeling in the dressing room before walking out, and 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 was your stomach churning? Uh, yeah, all, all of that. I mean, you know, you throw on the the lovely, you know, knitted jumper with the, the gold and green on it. Um, it it's something you've seen. You know, you've seen pictures of people from the 20s and you've seen Bradman wear it and you've seen Linwell and Benno and you've seen people wear that that uniform. And um, I remember when I first got my, my jumper, it was, it was high summer. I ended up not playing a test match in India. I got called up late for a tour, but they, they gave me all my gear and it was the middle of, middle of summer in Sydney and I, I made sure I put it on and wore it all day <laughs> just, just to get a good feel for it. So, yeah, look, those things are special. But yeah, you're yeah, very nervy before you first... Your first any test match, to be honest, an Ashes one. Yeah, no, we've been discussing whether whether it's the best test cricket around or because there is so much test cricket being played now, whether there are better series or better tests around. Have you looked at other tests playing nations and gone, actually, those series are comparable to the Ashes? Well, uh, well certainly. I mean, I know it's involved in the India-Pakistan India, series. I was the coach of Pakistan the last time those two nations actually played a test series. So that that was oh, December 2007. Uh, it was the three tests and five ODI series in India. And that's the last time those two countries have played. And I can tell you, <laughs> the, the fervour amongst the fans and the media, uh, both sides of that border was, was incredible. So I, I have got a feeling for so the sort of parallel series India Pakistan, which was was enormous, and it was a it was a well fought series. There was some great cricket played. There was tension all the time because of the nature of the relationships of the two countries. But one one of the brilliant things that I found as being you know, that outsider within the camp was that. Uh, the, the players from both sides got on tremendously well, and, and even the Indian fans, they appreciated if Pakistan played well, they were acknowledged by, by the crowds and, and on and off the field, and, and it was a great uh, uniter of people that they didn't get Pakistan series, and they need to play that again. It's, it's, it's bizarre that 
that governments step in and, and control their sports like that, which, which doesn't happen in our countries, of course, because the sports are independent and they'll more or less play who they like. But so, yeah, the India-Pakistan series is pretty important. Um, yeah, I really love the, the Test Championship Series. Um, New Zealand plays some super cricket, and they really deserve to win that, that Test Championship. And they had to play also India and England. Uh, but that was compulsive viewing. You know, I, I thought New Zealand, at the moment, they've got that depth of, of cricketer, depth in batting, the fast bowling's terrific. Pretty good spin bowling as too. I, mean, <laughs> I, I sat on watch ages, but Tell taking the 10th. But that, that was a magic moment in Test cricket. And unfortunately, New Zealand then didn't make many runs. But you know that that uh, that name of those last three or four wickets that AD has got will will sit with me for forever. For someone getting a a tenter, you know, against India in India is magic. So there are lots of great things happening in Test cricket all over the world. Yeah, I just want one final thought for you because I've always sat back and and everybody lords Kane Williamson. What is it about Kane Williamson that makes him potentially potentially one of the greats? Uh, I don't think it's potential. I think he's already one of the greats. Yeah, he, he's got a great calmness and manner. Well, A, he makes runs. He makes runs incessantly. Uh, he makes it look to a degree easy. He's just got a very... Uh, well, it's a semi-languid style, isn't it? You know, he, he doesn't look like a, you know, a, a big, athletic, hard-hitting player. He, he looks like a diminutive, you know, knock it around the park sort of batsman. He might find his third grade somewhere. Uh, but, you know, he's just incredibly effective, um, incredibly consistent. Uh, he's been a terrific leader. You know, following on from, you know, maybe the, you know, the Baz McCullum example of, of how to lead, uh, particularly in the, the New Zealand idiom, if, if we should say. But, yeah, look, not a potential great. Kane Wilson is a great. Do you miss steaming down? Throwing them down? Sorry, mate? Do you miss steaming down the wickets, trying to take a bowler's head off? A batter's uh, head off, a batter's head off, sorry. No, well, I don't do that anymore. Well, I might do it with a golf ball. But, um, <laughs> you don't miss it? No, no, no. I've had a couple, I've had a double hip replacement and <laughs> injections in the knees and, you know, you, you do, you know, yeah, it's, you've got to be fit enough to walk around the golf course. That is the primary aim of physical activity these days. <laughs> I, I love watching the game. I watch it. Watch my club play. The University of New South Wales watch it play most weeks in our junior side. Uh, I love the game. I love watching the game, being a part of it. But, but playing it, no, sir. All right. Hey, Jeff. thanks so much for your insights. And I just love hearing a good story. So uh, thanks for joining us here on SENZ. And, and have a happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah, same, same to all your, you and all your listeners. Um, we're shaking up for an interesting one here with a bit more virus around, but people are getting on with their lives, which, which is also terrific. So, uh, hope all your presents are expensive ones. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Jeff Lawson, former cricketer. He was, I can remember him, long hair steaming down the wicket, trying to take the heads off batters, not bowlers, you muppet McIver. <laughs>